You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ask Drone You. As always, my name is Paul. Woo. Well done. And my name's Rob. Thank you very much for joining us today. <laughs> um, it is a pleasure to hang out with Paul with you and to hopefully answer a question or two that y'all have. Thank you for being with us. Hope you took advantage of that Black Friday Cyber Monday deal. It was by far our most successful, so it seemed that a lot of people resonated with it. And we've got a very intense production schedule for December and January to actually try to bust out a year's worth of content in two months. So should be a lot of fun for all of you members out there. Don't worry, you're gonna be able to take advantage of all these new courses. So I hope that you enjoy them. And if you feel like there's anything that we're not covering or not covering well, please let us know. I will also say thank you to everyone who's been watching the mapping video that we put out, the really nice produced one. I'm glad it's resonating with so many people. Uh, and I greatly, greatly appreciate um, all the feedback that we've been getting on that video. If you have things that you want me to cover, just let me know. Send uh, send us an email, support at the droneu.com. I would love to hear what you guys would love to hear about. Today's podcast is really going to be about... Um, finding the right trajectory for entry. And I'm not talking about rockets, and I'm not talking about dick-shaped rockets, and I'm not talking about Jeff Bezos's dick rocket-shaped company. Um, I am talking about the best trajectory for entering the drone business to monetize your business as fast as possible. And uh, in pre-show, Rob brought up some variables I don't think we've talked about before because many of these things can be regionally limited. And I think different people in different environments are going to have different opportunities. So um, we're going to try to hit this question in the most comprehensive form possible as like what we try to do with questions that we have covered in the past. If you have a question though, askdroneu.com. I'm going to be doing a big series on Instagram about drone jobs of the future. Mm. And that future might be as soon as next year with how the current uh, political environment loves war. So uh, we'll see. The war machine? <laughs> That's right. The war <laughs> machine. No, no, no. The war machine. Well, Rob has not lost his native New Mexican accent as I have worked diligently to try to lose my uh, uh, associated vernacular. Iholala. Speaking of drones, did you see, uh, we won't go down this rabbit trail very far. I'm just curious because it occurred to me and y'all need to know that I'm at a point in life where when it occurs to me, I need to jump on it because it may never come back. So <laughs> the guy that created Oculus, like, and he sold it to Facebook, he's uh -huh. now doing those drones, those, those basically war drones. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's wild. You're talking about our drill or Andrill, A-N-D-I-D-U-R-I-L yeah, 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 yeah. or something. Yeah, uh -huh. Yeah, it's funny. I was just going to post their video on Instagram today it's wild about that those their kamikaze drones that they're building. Yeah, and it's like if they get off course, they can just come back. Like they can be reused in some cases. And Reusable munitions are here, Rob. Oh my gosh, scary. Well, I mean, like this is kind of like what I want to be talking about in these videos that we're doing in this series, which I'll probably also post to LinkedIn as well. But um, the drone jobs of the future, these drone pilots, we've probably had 10 to 20 million of them. 
in the United States with probably 60% of those falling off. And when it comes to war and what is becoming the most valuable um, piece of technology for war, it is small commercial drones. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is, and Bobby Saki just wrote about this on LinkedIn. Well, no, it wasn't him, actually. No, no, no. It was uh, Arnaud. And Arnaud used to be an engineer at DJI. And he was saying, you know, everyone is super focused on BVLOS, uh, remote operations in a box, um, doing all these crazy advanced features. He's like, but when are we going to actually get drones that just live up to the features of the current Chinese competition? You know, and just once again, just like, you know, hitting the elephant in the room because we do have American quote unquote competitors, but they don't compete on feature set and price point. Meaning now the American drones are starting to offer all the things that Chinese drones did five years ago, but the price point is still, you know, 400% higher, 500% higher. And it's still uh, just a little bit higher than I think what a lot of companies can uh, eke out of, you know, drones essentially save them money and they save them time and efficiency and whatnot. And if the drones are super expensive, oftentimes they don't save money or are not more efficient than traditional use cases. So he was mentioning, is 2024 going to essentially be the year that we actually get domestic drones or, you know, you know, get over this hoopla and political BS of blue drones, green drones, before you know it, the progressive left is going to get in this and we're going to start having purple drones. So, (laughs) you know, it's like, when are we going to get real about the fact that these are tools and the best technology companies in the world are from America because they made the best like you the argument never comes in of like oh my gosh i want an apple phone but i want an everything an apple phone can do but cheaper you can absolutely go out and get that and that's not really the reason that people choose to go one direction or the other and i will say i'm not doing a good job at this analogy because personally i'm ready to drop apple I'm just tired of spending two grand on a phone every couple of years. The only people that are making out uh, are Apple because, yeah, it's a constant write-off. But how come my computer works for 10 years for the same price? Anyway, um, that said. That's a valid question. That said, we're in this environment where the United States is going to need a lot of small commercial drones. There right now is a bid out on Sam.gov that they will literally give you $5 billion to go out and develop small drones for munitions, I'm serious, Rob. We already know who the only manufacturer is that can overcome the Russian CUAS. Yes, we do. So, um, I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. There's uh, an opportunity. I'm just saying. Is drone- 2024 the year? No. No, but I think I'm 20. Calling it here. <laughs> I think 2024 might be the year that drone pilots who were commercial drone pilots start getting serious jobs as remote pilots for military contracting really? service. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I'm already seeing it in some certain circles. Interesting. So I mean, even uh, well, I don't want to give away the name. A, a a close friend in the drone industry, which I don't have many of those. He was mentioning, "Do you want to partner on going after one of these drone manufacturing?" jobs and I mentioned Kyle and our connection to Kyle and what we know. And I was like, I'm literally trying to press that from another avenue myself. So yes, I'd love to because it's really not rocket science. (laughs) No, it's not. Although this drone sort of seems to be. Yeah. I just don't know if the U.S. military or U.S. government is going to be like, yes, Paul, we will give you munitions to attach to your drones. They're probably like, he's no good. (laughs) He's no good. (laughs) I'm just kidding. 
Depends uh. on who they ask, but I digress. Okay, speaking of Kyle, yes, we're going to see him Saturday. That's right, yeah. We are going to see him Saturday, which brings up a great important point, and I hope the show gets out in time, but if you are in will. northern Colorado, or, or anywhere north of Denver, which is northern Colorado. Or just in Colorado. Or just in Colorado, and if you have a high school age son or daughter who's interested in learning more about drones, or, or maybe- school. Or middle school, or maybe you even want to learn more about these soccer drones that everyone's been talking about. Well, you can join us for Community Drone Day at Westminster High School. I believe it's from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., and it's over in the gymnasium side. And you can come check out drones that are being used for industrial services, and you can also check out soccer drones and that cool program. As you all know, DroneU is a part of that program, so come check it out. We would love to see you, and uh, I know the event organizer, Robbie Ferguson, would be grateful if you showed up and kind of checked out some of the cool stuff the kids can ultimately go do with drones once they uh, know the right stuff. Join us, Westminster High School. That is Saturday, I was about to say September, that is Saturday, December 9th. Ninth, yes, sir. December 9th, 2023. Um, come check it out. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. There's gonna be a lot of thing going on. There's gonna be uh, big netted arenas set up for kids to actually fly drones, yeah. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. It will definitely be a lot of fun, anyway. That's going to uh, do it for Community Drone Day. Check it out, Westminster High School, uh, Saturday, December 9th. 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Also, special thank you. If you're a serious drone pilot and you need to get lots of batteries charged at once because you're doing scalable recurring revenue jobs, you are flying a lot and you are making the dollars, dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Well, in order to do that, you're going to need lots of power and to charge your drones quickly and efficiently, you are going to need a Colorado drone chargers charger. For example, we just got our Mavic 3 Enterprise charger and we just got our Skydio X2 Delta charger. And you know the beautiful thing about that is that we can charge four batteries all at once, not in sequence like the DJI chargers that you can find on Amazon. In addition, I can personally say that these chargers are made out of very high quality materials and the fear of burning down your house is significantly reduced. So check it out, coloradodronechargers.com. I say that because I almost burned down a hotel room in 2015 with a DJI Inspire One charger. Thanks, DJI. Hey guys, Jason Knight here. I've been watching your videos for a while and um, plan on becoming a Drone U member here soon when I have a little more time to devote to it after I pass my 107. But my question for you guys is, since you're in the industry, if you were just starting out, where would you focus? Because there's so much information out here and um, with all the different software types, Knowing what you know now, what would you do? What aircraft would you buy? What software would you use? And what focus would you start on with just starting out? Like, would you start with inspections, from roofs, cell towers? Just uh, whatever you could. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you very much, Jason. Really appreciate the question. It's a good one. Pointed. And... You're looking for some experience-based insight, which uh, which makes a lot of sense. It's interesting. There's still a lot of people coming into the industry. 
Uh, yeah, there's, yes. You know, it, mm-hmm. More and more and more and more. We're seeing it every day and, and it's very exciting. And I think that it's good because it's going to push the people that are already in the industry. Do not get comfortable because you got people like Jason coming up. Well, I think it also goes to show is that there's an opportunity for people. There, there was a lot of people who kind of like tried to dip their toes in. And it, this job is not one for those who dip their toes in. You got to go all in. You have to be serious about it. You have to be detail oriented. Yes, it's a fun job. But with great fun comes great responsibility. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, if you don't take it seriously, if you're out just to have fun, well, that's probably not going to go well for you unless you don't care about actually making money. If you've got deep pockets, maybe you're somebody that's retired or something and you want to just go have a good time, fly for people. You could do that. That's an option. I think it's actually a phenomenal option. As far as a retirement job, it doesn't get much better than that. No. And we are seeing a lot of that actually. That's always kind of been a thing since we've been doing what we've been doing as far as I can tell. I remember in the old days looking for like kind of who was going to be our main customer. And I think we, we miscalculated in the beginning thinking it would be a younger person. And I think it turned out to be kind of a, maybe more somebody like me, frankly, (laughs) even 10 years ago. Yes. So anyways, cool stuff. But yeah, so let's, uh, let's dig into this a little bit for Jason and we, Paul and I were talking about this a little bit before the show. Yeah. And you know, I, you brought up some really good points about environment, region, location, you know, the big certain economic environments as yeah. well. And I think those are important things to hit before we just give our, you know, similar kind of boilerplate answer uh, as far as, you know, consider scalability, revenue generation, all that good stuff. Yeah. Hopefully we don't give too many slash boilerplate answers i don't i don't know if that if you have a boilerplate and i that was kind of the joke (laughs) (laughs) like you asked the Uh, same question 10 times probably get 10 different answers from (laughs) 9.5 yeah so no so what we wanted to do with this is to make sure that we lay a solid foundation because as i thought about this it struck me that and maybe this comes from my accounting cpa background because we're back to that whole it depends answer to a lot of questions, right? And I think this is no exception to that because it really can and probably does depend on your circumstances, where you're located, who you know. And so let's lay out a couple of examples of what that means. So for example, if you're up here in Northern Colorado or you're along the front range, you may know ranchers. You might be from a Maybe it's even one of the high schools that's in more of a rural areas where you grew up. And so your family knows a lot of people that are ranching or we've kind of been looking at land maybe up in Wyoming area here and there. Right. And so we've been noticing how much land is for sale in Wyoming. I was actually shocked by it. Some nice ranches, by the way. Yeah. There's multiple ranches up there that are greater than they're that are in the millions, right? Anywhere from a million and a half to 15 million. They're all over the place. So if you're in that environment, well, then I think that that could be a very lucrative option for you is to get really good at showing people the beauty of said ranch, because that's something that Paul did mm-hmm. with ranches in New Mexico and Texas. And I think a little bit in Colorado as Colorado well. Too, yeah. And it's incredible what you can do with a drone to... Um, show off these ranches. But maybe you're on the East Coast in the Carolinas where there's tons of golfing destinations, right? Amelia Island. Um, that's Florida. But yeah, that that works too. Close enough. 
<laughs> but the point is there's a ton of resorts, golfing resorts. So you might find Island that there's the a lot of opportunities there, right? Or maybe you're in a really dense area. And so there's a lot of opportunity to efficiently inspect cell towers because we know that that's been a burgeoning industry over the last or a burgeoning uh, vertical over the last probably, I don't know, call it 12 to 18 months. And we're really seeing that pick up even more because I think those that are kind of running the show, if I may, relative to those inspections are getting more effective at doing so. And so that's providing more opportunities it might be less of an opportunity if you're in more of a rural area where they're spread out. You got to have a four wheel drive to get to a lot of them. You might still want to do that. But if you're in an area where it's pretty dense with them, that might be a good opportunity for you. So it's also a function of who do you know? We always talk about when it comes to sales and let's be real. If you're starting a drone business, there will be a significant element of sales that better be in your repertoire, right? And so we always start with sales with who do you have in your circle? And you might be surprised as you really look, sit down and start writing names down and figuring out who they know and what they do, there might be some great avenues to answer your question there. Well, I, th I think just to reiterate and summarize your point as far as like we've seen some of the most success with people who have augmented the business that they're coming from or yeah. their expertise that they're coming from, essentially just augmenting drones in that field mm -hmm. because since they have that firsthand experience of what problems need to be solved and what issues can impact workflow efficiencies and whatnot, they have a great deal of knowledge. Once they understand drones, they understand maybe mapping or inspection and they can understand how to implement that data to solve real problems in the industry that they came from. A hundred percent. Think of somebody that we just met, actually a really nice gentleman who might actually hear this now, that came up from, oh goodness, I think he's from Milwaukee. He, he drove up from Denver to say hello, which really appreciated that. And he's a retired architect and he wants to do some 3D modeling. Why does he want to do that? Because he's got a lot of contacts in the architecture business, in the building business. It makes a ton of sense, right? So that's a perfect example. Or I think of our, our good friend, Jason, um, who's now in Ohio, was in the DC area. He is a Drone U Elite instructor, phenomenal photograph. He does amazing work with a lot of office buildings, et cetera, et cetera. He's just so good. And he's been using drones in that realm because that's what he knows. And he has a tremendous eye for that. So there are just a lot of variables that go into answering this question. So what we thought we'd do is kind of funnel into, because you asked the question, knowing what you know, and I'm going to point this at Paul, knowing what you know, what would you do if you were just starting out? Well, uh... it's not as easy to answer as you might think, is it? No, I mean, so I always try to think of like what systematic or what fundamental skills do you need to be a good pilot no matter the drone job? And no matter what, you need to be good at flying in close proximity to things, period, long, end of story. You need to be comfortable flying your drone in areas where you might hit a tree, you might hit a power line, you might hit something, and you have to have that innate confidence in flying your drone. You know, it, it's because of that literal skill of why we developed the course Flight Mastery. It's like, here's the hands-on practical things we're going to, you know... We're going to help you master depth perception because first off, you need to understand that where you think you're flying versus where you're flying are actually two very different places because of something that we call parallax, which essentially 
states that dependent on the position in which we are looking from or the perspective, an object may look like it's in a different perception or position, excuse me, than it actually is in real life. Um, because we only have two eyes as well as I talked about in the mapping video, it makes it even harder because of that ellipsoidal error that you see in measuring depth. So that said, I think ultimately the fundamental skills to be good at any job comes down to flying confidently in many different environments. And that means flying at the beaches where there's constant convective currents and at noon every day, the wind is literally going to reverse. And the reason why is because of the temperature delta. You know, it's also understanding why flying in the mountains is completely different than flying in the beach because you're at high altitude. And if you don't have high altitude props, then every Every time you fly your drone in sport mode, it's going to feel like it's in cinema mode because you literally have, you know, one fourth the amount of power that you would at low elevation. Long story short is whether you're doing inspection work, whether you're doing mapping work, whether you're doing video work, media work, it ultimately comes down to you have to be good on the sticks. It's that simple. That said, a lot of people can say, well, it's daunting to say that you need to be you know, simple and easy on the sticks. Um, well, it may be daunting, but it ultimately comes down to practice. That comes down to you practicing certain flights in certain environments and giving yourself certain, you know, pre-packaged drone mission ideas, which is something that I wanted to do in the Drone You Pro thing that we talked about this morning. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, whether you decide to go the technical route, whether you decide to go the creative route, you still need to be a good pilot. I mean, in construction, you, you make orthomosaic maps. That's very simple to do. You do orbital video and you do progression photos. That's fine. But what makes you a good, efficient pilot that's also profitable is essentially that haptic feedback, just like when you learn guns and you learn how to like reload over and over and over and over again. It's simply to train your mind so that way the time between... Uh, bullets running out and clip and cartridge going into the gun is minimized. And there, you may not think that that's an important to do with drones, but it's absolutely crucial. A lot of you newer drone pilots right now, frankly, are spoiled. And I say that because your batteries last 30, 40 minutes, right? Back in the day, you were forced to learn how to be very efficient because you only had 10 minutes of flight time. You know? That's true. And batteries were a lot more expensive. So that said... When we talk about the haptic feedback, I give the example of cell tower inspections. Your propensity to be able to change a radius, a gimbal angle, and um, a position uh, vector through drone link, the speed for you to actually do that is going to impact your profitability and your comfort or your propensity for comfort in flying in close proximity to the tower is also going to have an impact on the time that it takes for you to get those jobs done. To kind of back it up, whenever we ask the question of what's the best avenue to get into drones, I think the technical question is always like, well, are we asking this question in relation to how fast can we make our money back? If that's the case, then we need to be thinking about the recurring revenue, scalability, profitability. What's our margin on these jobs? And so if that's the variable that we're talking about and cell tower inspections are available in your area, which they're available in most. In fact, we just helped two more people last week get those jobs. Um, so Kevin in Utah, good luck, buddy. Um, but that said, that's going to drive great revenue. It's going to bring your money back as fast as possible. But guess what? You're not going to learn you're going to learn how to, to fly in close proximity, but you're not going to have to learn to do it smoothly because flight software is going to take that over for you in most cases. So you're still going to have to learn how to quote unquote fly smoothly. 
Now, going back to Rob's points about, you know, well, like what environment are you in? Are you in an area that's oil rich? Are you in an area that does a lot of uh, oil based, you know, maps and models? So think of like Midland, Texas, all the way up to Montana. You know, that's a great question. If that's what you're getting into, well, you might want to learn more about mapping and whatnot, and you might want to learn about inspections. There are certain areas like the Bible Belt where ag is becoming bigger and bigger. And you've got companies like Tyrannus that are really starting to marry various technologies from DJI to get to yield the best results. And then again, I talk about marrying the laser sensor, the laser rangefinder with the wide camera to have very, very specific elevations in your maps, which make, which kind of negates the um, error in your compass if you have that issue. So my point is, is that your environment is important and can drive the answer to the question. The answer to the question can also be driven by a technical, here's how I make the most money, the fastest to make my money back and make a profitable, biz profitable business. The only thing is, long term, are you going to be happy doing that? Because I can answer mm -hmm. that question for you because a lot of pilots come back to me in five or six years and they say, I'm really good at inspections, but I am bored out of my mind and I'm tired of doing the same thing over and over again. What do you recommend that I do? And so I think the third way to answer this question is what is going to make you happy? Because if you're like the retired guy who's looking for something to do after their retirement and they want to do something fun, mentally engaging, challenging, gets them outside, gets them out in the sunlight, you know, gives them exercise, right? Being a drone pilot is awesome. But if you also have that flexibility, it's funny, I think of Michael right now. Um, if someone like Michael retired in California, looking for something fun to do, doesn't want his health to go downhill, he has more... I would say a capacity for patience, meaning he has more capacity to go after the tougher jobs. Like he's not fighting for money right away. And if that's the case, and I would say do whatever makes you happy, do your passion. Because I will say this, we just did a huge commercial and it's kind of gotten me right back into drone production. And I have to admit something, Rob, the thing that makes me the most happy is directing commercials that involve drones. That is, it just makes me so happy. Like, <laughs> Yeah, which takes us back to wake surfing. A hundred percent. And that takes me to what is your passion? Yeah. Because if you're just getting into this, you're going to need some sort of mix between what is your passion, what's going to make you happy. Visual storytelling, i.e. making photos and videos with drones, can be a great way to drive your passion. But it also is going to have a longer lifespan or a longer sales cycle to get those sales, mm -hmm. to make that money to actually get paid and then to actually deliver stuff. In addition, those videos, let's say you're doing small business media, let's say you're doing com commercials, whatever it is, those things are harder to get recurring revenue. So again, there's multiple ways to answer this question. What's most important to you? Making my money back? What kind of environment are you in? Or do you want to follow your passion, explore a bunch of different verticals and then kind of go that way? And yeah. I... And, what would you say between those three when you think of it like that? No, 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 no. I, I'm trying to get to a point here and I'm curious. I think I know what you're going to say. You're trying to get a point here and it moves over here and then it moves over here. Back to the beginning, you know, you get the yeah, same Yeah, no, it, it's, it's very challenging to come up with um, a very definitive answer for this question because of everything that's already been said. But I think that, gosh, it so depends. That's just the reality. I hate to say that and I'm sorry, but it just depends 
on your circumstances and where you're at. What I would probably suggest is that unless you're in a relatively unique position where profit and income is not super important to you, which, like I said, is not going to be most of us, you're you're going to want to, I think, look back to the environment variable. Where are you? What are the most optimal opportunities given where you are and and what you know and who you are, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think that ultimately has to be the answer. And so when you say based on what you know, I don't want to lose sight of the way you ask the question. We're not, but I think it just all funnels back into the same answer. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I would also add that you have to think of things short term, long term, because Look, I will. I would argue any day of the week that whatever drives your passion, whatever is that visual storytelling element of things, I believe it's going to be easier in the long term to be able to sustain those jobs. But it's also going to take more time to lock in those regular, scalable, recurring revenue jobs. I really do yeah. believe that, you know. And what are you willing to put up with? So if you're somebody that is passionate about movies and you really want to fly for movies, oh, whoa. okay. Well, you're going to have to probably deal with unions. You're going to have to probably... Which you don't have to, by the way. I want to make that really, really clear. Yeah, but it's going to be a fight not to. It is absolutely a fight it's not, not to. It's going to be a simple thing. You are also going to have snitches left and right. That was the one thing I remember in Albuquerque, the 480. Holy snitch city. So <laughs> I'm sorry, so, but it's true. So in effect, you are having to deal with unions. Oh, right? yeah. And it was you, you were being snitched on for like rules that didn't even exist. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, like little miniature gaudies running around all over the oh, place. <laughs> oh, what a joke. It's such a joke. Anyways, you've got that. You've got to deal with directors. You, I mean, I mean, there's just a lot going on. There's a lot of egos involved in that industry. So the point is we don't need to go too hard against that particular industry, but that is one of the more challenging ones. And I think that's what a lot of people would think is cool, right? But you got to be real about what that particular vertical slash industry looks like. Yeah, a hundred percent. So I would say if we were to kind of break this down succinctly, number one, if you can augment an existing position in existing knowledge set, existing experience, chances are that's where you're going to see the most success the fastest. Number two is probably like the number two strategy is probably going to be what's environmentally an economic driver in your region, like oil and gas. Is it going to be agriculture? I really don't recommend getting into ag with drones. I just don't think it's profitable. Um, and I would point to a couple of use cases of failed businesses where that is the case. That, I think that's being successful at a very, very mass scale that large companies are able to facilitate. Well, and that's a question in itself is what is success to you? You know, are you trying to build? Yeah, um, that's back to your circumstances. Are you trying to build the EDSP where you've got 20 pilots below you and you're just making an override on everyone? I don't think that's very fun. Maybe you do. Okay. Are you just trying to make 300K a year and be the lone wolf and do what you want? I think that is fun. Um, and it, I think anybody listening would say that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> but it can also be really lonely. You well, know? that can be very difficult. Yeah. So I would say going back to the succinct summary of number three is that you can have the option of are you trying to go the strategy that's going to drive the most revenue the fastest? And that's going to be scalable recurring revenue jobs. Think of construction solar inspections, cell tower inspections, power line inspections are probably going to be more employee based, meaning you're probably going to have to work for a utility in uh, provider. But look, they've washed out a lot of pilots who just didn't have the detail, the attention to detail. They didn't have the follow through. They are way too ADHD. 
And look, I'm ADHD. You can control it. Exercise is the answer. I hate to break it to you. Get off drugs. Okay, there's my little tidbit. Um, that said, um, I'm also not a medical uh, provider or doctor and don't pretend to be. There's so much I don't know. But num- you know that number three methodology is what's going to make money the fastest. Number four is what's going to be your passion? What's going to make you happy? Maybe visual storytelling is the way to go. Maybe you love data and you love mapping and you want to get into mapping. That that might be your route. In all honesty, at the end of the day, we ultimately take pictures, we take smooth video, or we make cool maps and models. I do think that you can master all three. It probably is going to take a couple of years, but you absolutely can do it. Because even if you're making cool maps and models, you still have to be good on the sticks, which means you got to be good on the sticks for video. So it all does funnel down into one skill set. I absolutely believe that. But ultimately, you have to be you have to answer this question on your own. Look, I took, there really is no right answer to this question. There's probably like 400 different strategies to to be successful. Just know this. Number one, you can make a business in anything. If toe pictures from OnlyFans during COVID didn't teach you that, I don't know what will. (laughs) Um, I'm serious, man. Um, This sounds horrible. Have you seen the AI no. generated? Oh, that chick? The yeah, AI yeah, generated. remember? Yeah, uh-huh. The, how he was making AI generated sexy videos on Instagram and then had a Patreon for an AI generated half nude like girl. This is this is a literal anime graphic nudes and he's got like 500 members at like 30 bucks a month. Seriously. If you can make money in anything, it's just, do you have the determination and a conscience and <laughs> and a conscience and the curiosity? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's so true though. I mean, ultimately what makes you happy? Because whatever makes you happy is going to be the easiest to do in the long run. Take it from me. I've learned that lesson the it hard ain't way. stinking toenails. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I don't know, Rob. You got pretty toes. <laughs> I'm so I'm uncomfortable. I'm a runner, so that can't be true. <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable right now. So if you see a new Instagram uh, feed with uh, Rob's AI-generated toes, <laughs> who knows? Maybe you'll get 100 members at 10 bucks yeah, a month. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Wow. But you can also literally make money by being a media director at a boat dealership with your drone skills. I'm telling you. Media matters. Look, everyone is constantly like this, right? On their phone, looking down. I, you know, I always think of like my grandpa who had that weird hunch in his neck because he was always looking down. Yeah, uh huh. Well, no, the exercise to do is pushing your chin in, pushing your chin back. Oh, yeah. And you'll feel it in the back of your neck. That's the muscle we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Anywho. It's definitely the ugliest face for social media, but a very effective strategy. <laughs> or for YouTube. Yeah. I guess that's social media, so, but anyways. Long story short is there's different strategies that you can do, and you really need to determine the the delta between super profitable and super passionate, because somewhere in the middle, you're going to find exactly what it is that you want to do, and that's going to be different for every single person. Some people love multispectral data. They love looking at grass all day. Maybe they love smoking the grass all day, but they can't do both, according to the FAA. Either way, there's an off, there's an avenue for you. That's that's all that I want to say. It ultimately comes down to you being a good pilot. So you have to put time on the sticks no matter what. If you want help in doing that, become a member, join us at the Drone U, and maybe we'll have enough members to pay for someone to put in new soundproofing on our <laughs> studio that just fell over. <laughs> so. 
Oh, that's not in the frame, is it? I sure hope not, Rob. I don't think it is. We're going to find out after the show's done. Yes, we are. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, and when you say based on what you know, I think you got a lot of based on what you knows in here. Yeah. Which, ironically, the whole based on what you know thing means it's very difficult to have a succinct do this. Do a mind map, right? Yeah. Jobs that. that you know exactly pay really well mapping, solar, inspections, cell towers, power lines. Anything that has to do with engineering, right? Versus making videos, making photos. I will say this. A lot of people think it's really hard to make a lot of money in doing video production. I really beg to differ. I'm going to give the example of Ava, right? I, so we've been looking at hiring a social media manager, and I've looked at a lot of different people. And I don't even interview most people. But Ava made it to at least doing an interview. And what I liked about her, she had a system. She knew exactly what she was doing. She literally makes 20, 30-second videos for four grand a month. And we're talking Reels videos, so very simple production. She doesn't even post them. Um, she doesn't even, well, she does post them, but she doesn't do. I thought you said we would still have to create them. Oh, well, we would have to film everything. Yeah. So she doesn't even do the filming. She just edits it, really. So she's a glorified so she's editor. Using, no, she's not. She's using, she's a glorified AI user. Yes. Actually, look, <laughs> which is smart. Like, well, I'm, looking I'm, at some of her videos, I'm like, oh, you use Opus for that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> which is super smart. Good yeah, for her. No, 100%. Good for her. She's using resources available to her. But my point is, is she already had like, I think she said she already had like 20 or 30 clients. So you think about that 20 or 30 clients paying her three grand a month. That's $60,000 a month. Is that a lot of work? Yes, but guess what? She's doing what she likes. So the propensity for a lot of work goes down when you enjoy what you do or you break it down into systems and it becomes automated. So consider that because I just want to say, I've said this message before on the podcast and I've met people who have listened to it and they're like, you made the difference in, in me believing in myself. It sounds really cheesy, but the first step in having any success is believing that you can achieve it. Because honestly, there is not a single human on earth that cannot go out and do whatever it is they want to do. Don't forget, they scientifically prove that that whole ideology, if you can believe it, you can achieve it and you can do it. It's actually true. The book Mind Hacking Happiness literally sources the exact study that was done that showcases that if you go out and you you say, you know what, no matter what, I am going to create a business that does hyperspectral imaging for oil exploration in a climate friendly method, okay, or whatever you want to do. If you want to believe it, you believe that you can actually make it to that point and make a business, guess what? You can. And I will say with the amount of VC money that you see wasted in this world, I think you could go out and literally do think up any idea and get money for it. So uh, I'm not even kidding. It's just about how confidently can you sell it? Yeah, I think that's probably true. So I kind of went on a diatribe there, but I hope this helps because honestly, I believe in you I know that if you want to be a drone pilot, you can do it, but you're going to have to be serious. You have to understand the major flaw that most people make is one, not taking it seriously. They have fun. And then when they have fun, that gets in the way of their workflow and that gets in the way of their job that gets in the way of them doing a good job. I think that's true in any business with any employee or any owner. As soon as you get distracted from your workflow and what you're doing, you aren't going to be very good at your workflow anymore. So remember, it is fun to be a drone pilot, but prioritize your work first. Always have attention to detail. And no matter what, just remember that you're only as good as your last job and you're going to be just fine. On that note. 
On that bombshell, if you're ready to step up your drone game and you're ready to take flight above and beyond traditional flight schools because you want information that comes from the source, aka experience, as Einstein said it, then you've got to come learn from experienced drone pilots. Check it out, thedroneu.com. If you have a question, ask droneu.com. That's going to do it for us today. My name is Paul. I'm Rob. He's bald. I'm not. Goodbye. <laughs> we believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts and apprentices we are creators we are the drone youth